<laughs> and we have begun. Uh, why the fuck? You know how to like leverage it out? I know that, but it's not working. That's what she said. <laughs> I've already made two sex jokes and we're like 14 seconds in, by the way. Are we already going? Is Corey trying to open a wine bottle or did it just get sexy in here? <laughs> <laughs> My god. Corey, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta screw it out to screw it back in. You, you just don't have the leverage. He's right, you know. You need to blackmail the wine bottle. <laughs> With incriminating photos from your cell phone. Yeah. Taken discreetly during the act of opening the wine bottle. Oh. Is this right? Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but the amount of force so you're like creating is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in my eyes. Oh my god, Corey's rippling biceps are going to destroy this wine bottle. <laughs> I'm really scared, actually. It looks Hold like the on to your butts. It's tearing it, I think. Oh no, cork tear. Nothing worse than cork tear. Yeah. Well, anyway, guys. welcome to the Any Game House podcast. <laughs> um, one year later edition, I guess. Has <laughs> <laughs> it only been a year? Wine year later. No, it hasn't been a year. It's been it's been a year, I think, since. I think I think I like made the site last August, mm. but That's we didn't cool. record one until like like a month or so after that. It sounds like us. Sounds like about right, yeah. All right. Yeah, last week on the podcast. So last week on Any Game House <laughs> <laughs> podcast, our guest Michael Todd. Uh, yeah, he's uh, was deported. <laughs> so so now we have Burley, who lives in the room formerly known as Michael Todd's room. Uh, introduce yourself, Burley. Uh, yep. So I'm Alex Burley. Uh, I've known these guys for a while, and I'm I'm kind of living in the house now. Yeah, uh, but who are you? Are you, are you no, I, I went in. I went in to check on you at uh, at one a.m., three a.m., and six a.m. <laughs> and you were sleeping soundly. I, I made sure to, to, to gently put your sheet back over you because you kind of fallen off yeah. certain parts of your body. He fixed your fan while you were asleep. It must have been hot in the room though, because you were sleeping naked. Actually, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, he has had a traumatic experience with fans. So. Burley has? Yeah. yeah, my uh, my fan at the at my old house fell out of the, the ceiling. Oh, oh, oh yeah, shit. that could happen. You know, like they they shake a lot. And yeah, stuff. yeah. They, they just loosen themselves until they fall. Yep. Out, out of the ceiling. It wow. sounds like like oscillations of doom, like <laughs> yeah. a bad horror movie. It's the resonance frequency of death. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anyway, um, I'm Steve Swink. Um, about Burley, you should say what you what you do in video games and. I just opened the wine. Corey, Corey just opens the wine at GoDaddy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Corey's game that she just released in a little bit. Yeah, but anyway, so... Uh, so, yeah, I work at uh, Eline Media, and uh, I guess my big indie success would be uh, Dust, which was a student IGF-nominated game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. <laughs> Actually, I think, I think the student games are all called winners. Like, it's like when you get into the IGF as a student, that means, like, you've won. But then for some reason they choose the best winner during the like that's what they always most winner yeah because yeah. it was it was way that one uh, yeah. that year yeah most most winner but uh yeah sort of like the opposite of the regular IGF where everyone who doesn't win is really upset about it yeah <laughs> so many feelings and then lots of people who aren't even in the show are really upset when certain games don't win anyway I'm Steve Swink <laughs> I'm working on an independent game about growing and shrinking stuff it's called Scale. You're just trying to capitalize off my success. I'm writing like Corey's coattails, yep. and I'm also waiting until Aaron releases Gravity Ghost. I'm gonna ride that gravy train <laughs> all the way to San Francisco. That's right. Well, there's a good segue. I'm Aaron Robinson. I'm making a game called Gravity Ghost. It's pretty close to being done. Uh, we're gonna start taking pre-orders pretty soon for everybody who listens to the podcast gets to know that. That's a secret. Uh, yeah, we're bringing it to PAX, we're going to be showing it off, but uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully things will be wrapping up pretty soon, so it's exciting. And I'll make some money for the first time in oh, a couple of years, <laughs> <laughs> give or take. I teach sometimes, that holds off, and I make Puzzle Bots money, so it's not all bad. I make some money, but still. Unlike your deadbeat boyfriend. <laughs> oh shit, shots fired, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Self-shots fired. He's committed Sudoku. He's not Sudoku. <laughs> <laughs> committed Sudoku. Um, I'm Corey Nolan. I work as a web developer by day and hobbyist by night, and I just released a game called Growing. Which is the main subject of this podcast. Yay! Uh, I am Kyle Pulver, and uh, I made a game called Offspring Fling. 
I don't know. A single game. <laughs> That's all he's ever made. I mostly, I mostly still make games, I think. But... He, spent, he spent 10 years working on Osprey Flame. Yeah, no. And I released it to pre-access on Steam. <laughs> I, uh, I play Street Fighter these days. <laughs> <laughs> he's retired. We'll call it semi-competitively. Mm. We'll call it semi-retirement. I was going to say that. Yeah. Alright, well it's been a long time since we did a podcast from Indie Game House. Uh, yeah. We already went over what happened with uh, Michael Todd being deported and being replaced by Burley. Yep. So that was cool. We had tryouts. Yeah. <laughs> the next, who will brutal. be the next Michael Todd? Yeah. <laughs> America's next Michael Todd. He's <laughs> <Nice> Canadian. <laughs> Donald Trump banished Michael Todd <laughs> to the frozen wastes. Oh my the god. Tell us <laughs> about growing, Corey. I want to hear more about it. Yeah, so quarterly is growing. That was cool. Um, yeah, so I released it um, Monday. What was it like releasing your first game to the public where other people could judge it? Uh, it's pretty fucking surreal, actually. I'm still, I'm still kind of in shock because I really never expected to finish it for a while. And so now well, Why don't you tell it. the story of that? Just, I mean, like for people who didn't read your whole blog post. Sure. Um, so I started growing at a game jam in 2011, uh, which is two years ago now, and um, I was actually intending to have it done by the end of that weekend. Uh, <laughs> that not work. That didn't work out because I thought of other stuff I wanted to do with it. Um, so the game ended up. I, I ended up being almost done with it in October. Um, Except that I wasn't checking it into source control and then my laptop got stolen. Uh, along with all my design notes and my Wacom tablet. Balls. So, yeah. So that, that was actually the same game jab that Kyle started Offspring Fling, right? Yeah, yes. The, same one. the wow. theme was motherhood. Yep. And oh. for, for Offspring Fling, it was just like, it's about trucking, trucking them babies. Yeah. <laughs> mine, mine was actually meant to be like a gift to my mom. Um, and actually, you also play as a mother in it, but... Uh, it's, it's a little more abstract, I guess. Um, what was your goal with the game? Um, so, basically... This is dead air. We can't have dead air. Oh, shit. Yell, shit. Yell at us. Um, <laughs> rhubarb, rhubarb. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I wanted to, to give it to my mom as sort of a... Uh, I don't know, I guess, thank you for raising me. Aww. Um, I mean, You're making us all look bad, by the way. <laughs> uh, well, it wasn't supposed to be a two-year game in the first place, but... Um, I called my mom today, and I was proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I did, too, and I was also proud of myself. I'm really bad at keeping in touch. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, so... The game, the game is about raising kids, and... Um, what do you call it? I've kind of left... Home. Uh, home is a, at least a three-hour flight away from me now, and uh, I don't get to see my family much, and always really miss them. So it's kind of yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of something that was on my mind. Yeah. Did you say that you, you, part of the reason you wanted to make the game was to kind of like counteract your mom's opinions about video games being frivolous or something like that? Um, it's, act it's not actually my mom's opinions, but uh, she is very religious, so she's surrounded by a lot of people who think of video games as either, at best, frivolous, and at worst, totally evil. The devil. The devil. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I'm playing Nintendo, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so actually, when she, uh, when she played it, her immediate reaction was like, oh man, I'm going to show this to all the traditional Catholic mothers who think that video games are just pure evil and make them rethink that and I was That's like, well, so cool. Yeah. You already accomplished your goal then. Yeah, she was she loved the game. She was super pleased with it. I got an email back almost immediately. Uh, she had already played it. Um, so what what I did to get her to play it was I sent a build of it to my brother um, about a week ago and I kind of prepped him on it and told him how to play and that way if she got stuck, he could help her. Oh, nice. Um clever. But according to her, she actually didn't get stuck, which means I succeeded in my design goal of making it accessible to my mom. Oh man, that's um, awesome. 
Yeah. yeah and your mom also used to be Bowser for you in Super Mario Bros. 3. That is true. And so she's not like... <laughs> she's, she's, no, yeah. she's no stranger <laughs> to the world of highly competitive gaming. No. <laughs> Yeah, so she's um, a StarCraft champion. Yeah, <laughs> she she doesn't really play anymore at all, but um, yeah, she definitely used to a little bit. So she had some literacy with games that I could play off of, but. Uh, I thought that was really cool because it's like you had such a specific design goal. Like I can't think of any any other instance when someone's been like, "I'm making a game for exactly one person." Like, yeah, I have a demographic of one. Yeah. And I'm, I want to design a game that's just for that person, for this particular thing, to get that person to think this particular thing. I'm like, so happy your mom liked it. I was just like, oh, thank God. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah what a, what I devastating. I didn't think there was any way that she would not like it. I don't know, it's like, I, I thought it was like, um, whenever I saw it, I thought it was coming along really well, and I thought you were always like on track. No, so, like a, so there was one thing, and it was that like my premise is kind of like, um, hey, you did a good, like, a good job raising us. Because I know I have, like, five younger siblings as well, and um, it, my, my mom has, like, some self-esteem issues sometimes, and I think she feels like she failed with some of us, and, and my message was kind of like, no, you didn't fail with any of us, even though we all turned out, like, tremendously different. Hmm. Oh, that's really sweet. Um, you put in this mom mode thing, too, <clears throat> which is kind of interesting. Yeah, so, yeah, the public build... Um, Oh yeah, so I was segueing into that. Um, I actually didn't announce the public build until after I heard back from my mom. And that was just like an issue of timing. I was gonna post about it at lunchtime at work and my mom sent me, me an email back before that. I was like, um, what do you call it? For some reason that email was like the biggest relief and then it was fine and then I could post it and I was like, well, if everybody else likes it, that's just yeah, gravy. that's cool. So what's it, been, what's it been like seeing people who don't know you like play the game and, and like reflect on it? Um, so far the feedback has been really positive and people are getting a lot more, at, like people are getting the game a lot more than I really expected. Um, not that there's that much subtlety in it, but it, it was kind of like, I made it for my mom with like the expectation that she would understand what was going on and didn't necessarily think that like other people would. Yeah. Um, I did I did take some people's like feedback into account from uh, GDC playtests. Um, a lot of people were telling me that they wanted the uh, bottom half of the scene to kind of become a reflection of what happens on the top half. So I added in like a garden and bugs and stuff that grows along the bottom half based on like what what high scores you have. And I think that made it a lot more like accessible to people. Cool. Right on. I'm glad it was such a success. Yeah, Yay, me too. You're an indie. I'm, gl I'm glad it's done. <laughs> so yeah. I actually like what you went through is what so many people go through, and even people that have released games before, which is like, so like you were uh, pretty like worried and afraid of re like re releasing it to the public, right? Yes. So like, so why? Why were you, like, afraid of that? Because I didn't want anyone to play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like... Because, like, it, it wasn't mostly, like, you were afraid that people weren't, weren't going to like it or not, like, get it. Yeah. Like... And there was also a bit of a perfectionist thing going on. Like, I really did have a to-do list that I worked off of. And it took over... It took various forms over the course of... For a while, it was an Excel spreadsheet. And then it became a, a list of things in Pivotal. And finally, it just became, like, some pages in my notebook. But, um... I always kind of had a vision of like a list that was burning down, and things would get added to it all the time too, but it was it was steadily going down over time. So theoretically I would get to a point where I was like done and happy with it, and I just assumed I would never get there because it seemed like I never would, and then I finally did, and I was like, oh, I've actually done everything I wanted to. Time to ship. Time to ship. Time to wait three months. <laughs> no, that's not even true. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I, I shipped uh, Sunday and I finished everything or shipped Monday and finished everything Sunday night. Amazing. We applaud your courage, everyone. Yeah. Clink glasses. Woo! Yay! Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, well, that's it's not as impressive. <laughs> they don't trust me with the glass anymore. <laughs> now, no glass by the pool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Indie House has a pool now, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> we always had a pool. Just no one ever swam in it. <laughs> <laughs> um... I think the main reason was because it was all just full of trash and there was no lights back there. Not the pool. Not the pool. The back yeah. room that led to the pool was full of trash. Yeah. Now we can host real parties and shit. Yeah. Next 
Yep, Aaron fixed up the house while I was gone. That was cool. That was something that happened. Thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah. What, did, what else was that? There's been a lot of stuff that uh, happened. We haven't recorded one since we got back from, like, or since before GDC. Because I remember we were going to record them before GDC, because we were like, oh man, everyone's going crazy before GDC, let's record a podcast, and then it was just like... We had too much shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Sorry, podcast listeners. You're like, third priority. Because I feel like, like there's there's all this, like, and then after GDC, it was like, oh, all this stuff happened at GDC, we should talk about it, and then we never did. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, what happened to GDC? I don't even remember. <laughs> I think we, wait, didn't we have an episode where we recapped GDC? I don't think That's, so. I think that was we recapped the previous GDC. Probably. I mean, really? I mean, in last week's episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh I gave out a lot of Gravity Ghost stickers. I remember that. Gravity Ghost yeah. stickers. I gave out some stuff. I almost went home. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was in the game design challenge. So that's another question. Is like now you like, you know, you you had that article come out from Alec that was about imposter syndrome. Yeah. Do you feel now that you're slight, that you're at least slightly more relieved about that kind of feeling now that growing is out? Uh, yeah, it's tough to tell. I actually, so I went from full-time game developer to full-time web developer over the course of that sure. time period. Um, so I feel, on, on some level, I feel less involved with games than I ever was. But then again, I also released my first indie game, so kind of evens out, I guess. Interesting. I don't, I don't know if I stopped feeling like an imposter. Oh. Yeah. I did it the responsible way. You didn't just quit your job like, uh, like, <laughs> like some of us. <laughs> yeah. Remains to be seen if I ever go full-time. It's not so easy. No, it's pretty tough. <laughs> yep. So, Gravity Ghost update. Uh, it's uh, good. People <laughs> seem to really like it. That's true. Yeah, and it like draws a crowd now everywhere we go. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. And it, I have to stop and think that it's pretty remarkable because I never made a game before this that had real time controls. I made puzzle games that were like point and click adventures that like you you click on the robot to make him do stuff and then the robot solves puzzles. You know, it's like this is very different. It's very physicsy and tactile and flying through the air and. I don't know. I, There's a lot that could go wrong there. Yeah, but it all works somehow. I mean, we worked really hard at making it predictable and making it feel really good. And I love it when people sit down and play and they just start making their own sound effects, you know? Like, that's <laughs> always a good sign. And they use the word fun pretty liberally. Like, I remember, like, for instance, when I was playtesting bots, like, I'd listen so, so hard for somebody to say the word fun. Like, and every fifth playtester would be like, yeah, this is fun, you know? Like, just like, you know, 20 minutes in. But they sit down to Gravity Ghost, they're like, oh, this is cool, this is fun already. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm moving on up in the world. They dropped the F-bomb earlier in your game. You did? Fun. Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> fun bomb. just called fun the F-bomb. Well, I, I, that, that, that reminds me of, well, since, since our last podcast, you, you switched jobs. Yeah. And you had a very interesting experience interviewing for this new job that you're currently at. I feel like I've oh, talked right. about all of this on a podcast before. Did you? Yeah, that sounds familiar too. I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting a sense of deja vu here. So I said fuck in my interview and got the job because of it. <laughs> I think we weren't pot recording. I think we were just sitting I, around yeah, the kitchen talking. talking about it. Oh, really? We should have been recording, yeah. yeah. But you got the job because you dropped an F bomb. I mean, not entirely because I like your entirely. You, you registered that you'd done that and thought about backtracking. You're just like, no, I'm just gonna do this. Why should I hide who I am? No, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. Fuck off. Oh, oh fuck. I'm so fuck. fucking sorry. You know what? Fuck it. <laughs> it's like okay. a kids in the hall sketch or something. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. My hair's blue now. That happened. My hair's pink. That's true. Mine's red. <laughs> <laughs> what color are you guys gonna get? Um, probably just uh, gray, but over time. <laughs> like I'm gonna dye it really slowly. Probably like yeah. one or two hairs every couple of years. <laughs> and then every once in a while, a facial hair. Yeah. Every... Actually, I'm starting. I'm getting like a couple hair. of white hairs in my little sideburns. Oh god. So I should probably just go sit in a coffin right now. <laughs> yeah. Just wait for it. Look at her eyebrows. It's really owly. Thank you. Oh yeah, I'm starting to get old man eyebrows. It's pretty awesome. 
like, it, oh, like it's, it look, it's like a, it's like an inch long. Oh wow! Oh my god! <laughs> it's crazy. It drives it drives Aaron insane. But I clip them down sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. You, tweeze, yeah. you hold my head down and tweeze them. Nonsense. Like using oh, your feet to get no, purchased. No, I don't squeeze your eyebrows. <laughs> then you have holes. That's in your rough, eyebrows. man. You gotta clip them. That's okay. It's getting out of control. I've always had pretty out of control eyebrows. You always hurt the one you love. Wait, let me see. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. They're like really thick, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, they're not Tyler Glail, but <laughs> <laughs> I like that he named his company after his eyebrows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's see. We had GDC, then we had uh, E3. You no, guys no, E3. we did an E3 recap. That's what we did. That's what we were thinking. Right. I knew we did recap. Yeah. I thought. No, wait. No, because no, there, 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 there was another E3. There was another E3 after our E3 God. recap. No, that was recent. I'm trying to piece together between GUC and E3. So it's like... It's all a blur. Yeah. Did we yeah. actually exist? Are we in a time bubble right now? Well, there was like a... I guess TIG Jam. Oh, yeah, we did TIG Jam. That was fun. Yeah, TIG yeah. Jam was pretty cool. Um, I should have growing there for like 30 seconds. It's true. Let's see. I talked about stuff and this lady yelled at me while I was trying to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to the best of us. She yelled at you... Just because she was trying to participate, right? Yeah, I was talking and she talked very loudly. It was it was during like one of the five minute lightning talks. Yeah, I was like I was in fact speaking into a microphone and she was yelling at me hmm. as though I were talking. Well, it was her. like an open mic night. Oh uh, yeah. Oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rough crowd. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess E three. I didn't go to E three this year. How was E three? It was interesting. We, yeah, we had a good time. The article that Just Condit wrote about us said that we snuck in, but that's not strictly true because you don't need a pass to get into where we were. Like yeah. we weren't breaking any rules. We were just like there with our laptop showing the game. But I guess typical made... journalist sensational. Well, I guess it made a better headline anyway. Kind of does. Like in Indies fighting against the man. Yeah, the... there was a narrative yeah. that kind of got applied to what happened, which didn't really happen. Yeah. Uh, actually... The narrative that was applied was fucking hipster red pants. <laughs> <laughs> blah 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 blah. Five hundred comments later. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say it actually sparked up a debate that I saw that was like, oh man, Indies are so self-involved and just think they can break all the rules. And it's like, uh, they didn't actually break any rules. Break any rules, no. But but Good really, check, the focus was on my pants. <laughs> there was like a picture of us on the on the front of the article, and it was just like everyone was obsessed with my pants, and people were like attacking and defending my pants, and <laughs> Man, they wrote awesome. like treatises on yeah, whether or not so cool. red pants equals hipster and so on. I'm gonna have my sister cross stitch a little sign thing in the, our home that says "Doesn't matter, got press." <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, yeah, it was crazy. Like, every time any journalist writes about me, I'm like, oh, maybe it'll be a controversy. No, you, no, no, no. I'm and then too, I'm too Oh, boring. and you're Michael Pactor. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then Michael Pactor got mad at me, like, actually mad. Oh, yeah, actually mad. Yeah, I thought, he tweeted I thought that was like, I thought that was like, tweet you know, mad. Kind of like sarcastic mad. If it, if it was actual sarcastic mad, he's really bad at sarcastic mad. Hmm. Almost as bad as some at high people five. are, though. Like, Wait, <laughs> he was, so he was actually mad? I think so. Because I didn't I think we'll he sounded know. like he was if you joking. Guys, yeah, Michael it, Pactor, if you're out there, tell us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Email uh, contact at IndieGameHouse.com. Wow. Man. But you guys Corey talked Nolan. it out via Twitter, and he... Well, I just, I just like, pointed out to him that it was just all in good fun, and, like, if he was actually mad... Wait, uh, what was he mad about? Because, like, I, I tried to high-five him, and he... Well, I'll have to like attach a picture to this podcast, but he like threw up this high five with like a tucked in high thumb. Four. Yeah, it was like a high four, but fingers spread apart with a tucked in thumb. Yeah. That's no kind of high five. That's actually very treacherous. That's like a... Break your thumb that way. That's like if you were to, to declare war on somebody. Yeah. It's like they, they like go to sign your peace treaty and you stab them. That's like, that's like the equivalent of what just happened right there. Yeah. Maybe he had like a poison dart tucked behind his thumb yeah, and I've been slowly dying ever since then. It's I've not been, as bad as the, uh, what do you call it? This will kill you roughly 40 or 50 or maybe 80 years. This will kill you roughly 80 years. The important thing was you linked to our article. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I got like 100 followers because Michael Pactor was mad at me. Doesn't matter, God press. <laughs> so that was weird. Oh, wait, so here's an interesting thing that's, that we could talk about that would be interesting to talk about that oh. doesn't... Towerfall! Oh, yeah, Towerfall. Oh. We should talk about Towerfall, too. But um, <laughs> there was, like, this weird article today that was written by Liz R., who I've never heard of before. Um, but it was like she was super mad at Jablo, Zach Gage, and Greg Woolen for suggesting to Michael Bro that Michael Bro should change the the graphics of Grift 
-hmm. to be and the the intro to be a little bit more accessible and then if you did that then you'd make more money and it would be like sustaining and they really wanted that because they really liked this game a lot i don't know what that game is i'm um, so confused right now all right, well, spoiler alert, so I'm going to talk about this game a little bit. I don't feel like it's that much of a spoiler. Like, it's still really interesting like to play it. Is like a recent game of his? Or is it's it a recent game of his. I can get it on my iPhone if you guys want to check it out. Yeah, it's But it's, it's like a, it's like a, um, it has its foundations in something like Lolo. Okay. So it's, it's, uh, block pushing is the primary mechanic, except the block kind of sticks to you also. Okay. So you can push it, and if you try to walk away, it like kind of follows you, and you can like, it sort of sticks to you. Mm -hmm. And so then you're, it's a room by room kind of thing, and there's all these little puzzles, and there's like little moving creatures that have certain patterns, and you're trying to get all of these, you know, MacGuffins, those collectibles or whatever. Sure. And all the characters in the world keep talking about the magician or whatever. And so you do you do this like insanely hard. I mean, I thought like it, I mean they're just like really deep um, puzzles that have a lot of steps. They some of which require some you know really hard lateral thinking like block pushing puzzles like yeah. hard Sokoban puzzles. So you do a bunch of these crazy puzzles, and then you satisfy the condition that you need to satisfy, and then you get to get magic. And magic in the world is like really insane and really destructive and hard to predict what's going to happen. Yeah. And it permanently changes the world in ways that you, that are like really crazy and really destructive. It's probably like the coolest implementation of magic I've ever seen in a game. Mm -hmm. hmm. um, but I agree with the assessment that the graphics uh, are pretty ugly, actually. Um, like if you look at the sprites, you'd probably be like, "That's those are not the best sprites ever." Yeah. Um, and and in some cases, like I see what her point might have been, which is like the the aesthetic of the graphics is charming in its own way. Well, and, and really important to the gameplay, but I actually don't feel like that's true in this case. Yeah. Like here's here's. So she was arguing here's what the game that looks like. she didn't like that they were telling him to clean up the graphics to make it more accessible. I see. She was, and to make more money, she didn't like that they were saying that. Yeah, yeah, and it, and and so she, and so then she said some like very incendiary things like uh, everyone in the indie game scene who wants to make money off their game is just a bunch of vultures and like they shouldn't be like polluting the purity of Michael Bro by suggesting that he change his game <laughs> at all to I be more commercial. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she, she like calls them vultures, and especially when applied to like Zach Gage, that's ridiculous. And Zach Gage wrote this really long, reasoned, nice response that was like, "Oh, hey, by the way, like I made lots of games that were weird and arty and no one liked, and and uh, I do, you know, that, that weren't commercially successful, didn't make him money, right? Before yeah. he yeah. made Spell Tower, which is like his big polished success, and he yeah. just, he had this whole really well thought out, ex you know, expression of the idea that, you know, the two, you know, making something that more than just a very small people number of people might like and making something that's true to your artistic vision those two things are not mutually exclusive and right. it's something that artists have been fighting with for years and years and years and it's like a weird oversimplification yep. i also think that um you know so she she was like trying to shear off this group of indies including like john Bullo and uh greg and zach and mm -hmm. like and and like you know and even like Derek or people like that right anyone mm -hmm. who has like made money off their game like Super Meat Boy Edmund and you know all those make games not money right, right. <laughs> so she was like shearing all of them off and calling them all vultures and I think you could make an equally strong case that there there's this group of indies that like separates themselves by not making money like poverty is a precondition of indiness and they like define themselves by that yeah and they're just as cliquish and their views are also but they're a lot more embittered about it <laughs> Yeah, but I, but I don't think that's like a, a particularly good viewpoint either. I don't know. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting. There's something that we could talk about. And then M Michael Bro tweeted that uh, he's like, just so you know, guys, I don't really want to be held up as this symbol of non-success. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which I thought was pretty good. I'm like, yeah, this poor guy. I mean, maybe he didn't want this kind of attention, you know? Right. I mean, he had a wired profile on him. Well, Zach's point was like, for many years, Zach was that guy that all these like well-known game designers played his games and like these are awesome you're totally mm -hmm. going to be successful someday just keep doing what you're doing mm -hmm. and yeah. i feel like that's what everybody's telling michael bro and zach was like just you know hang in there and the you know it's not it's not that big a deal like you yeah. can make a game that, that lots of people would want to play and also is true to your design sensibilities that's very hopeful like well, it's like it's like it's not like they were they were coming out and being like, "Yo, change your game because it's ugly." It's more like, 
hey, here is some, some suggestions because we want you to be successful. Right. Because we want you to make more games. Yeah. Like, it wasn't really coming from a policing the medium type of thing. It was like, we want indies to make more money when they make good games. Yeah. So that they can keep doing it. Yeah. Sylvie was tweeting that she didn't have any money. Yeah. She says, I have money for two more months worth of food. Yeah. Sounds like Sylvie's going to have to get a job or something. Which really sucks. But, you know, I've had to do that. You had to do that. Yep. It's, it's not the end of the world. No, like, it's not the end of the world. No, jobs are okay. Yeah. Yeah, good, let good, good, have them. Good, <laughs> good benefits. <laughs> Kyle Nolan gets yeah, benefits Kyle too. Kyle Nolan gets good dental insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that. Bam, shit. shit. Nobody punched me. <laughs> I have so no one punches me. I have no dental insurance. <laughs> <laughs> so in another year, uh, we can both be listed as Burley's domestic partners. And then... <laughs> <laughs> People will be able to marry their dogs by then anyway, right? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Marry it's a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> Bree, not Gouda. We're not going crazy. You gotta have some standards. Yeah. You gotta have gay cheese marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Legalize gay weed. <laughs> People's gay public are dreadful. Cool. Um, so, Towerfall, I guess? Yeah. Towerfall. Yeah. I feel like we should have like a million things to discuss, but like right now my brain feels like I have nothing to discuss. Like it's really weird. Well, you can talk about what you're doing with your engine and all your new, like. Uh oh yeah, so I guess what's changed since last podcast was that I dropped Flash and I'm working at C Sharp. Um, because I got sick of Flash running at like 20 frames per second with like Super Nintendo graphics. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is my problem. It's like. It's like my whole life is just trying to recreate like a fucking Super Nintendo game that will run at 60 frames per second. So, so this is actually kind of momentous because every person at this table now codes in C sharp. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh... Yeah, I guess so. So that means we have to make a game together now. Shit. <laughs> you can make both sides like, too. This could, <laughs> this could kill us. Man, I don't know what game we would all make together. It'd be so weird. It'd be awesome. That'd be rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the optimist in the relationship. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> I'm too much of a control freak, I think. Yeah. Like I I'm way too like it's like when when you guys used to complain about your micromanagement problems at work. It's like I cuz like I'm like imagining myself as being that guy of like, <laughs> of, like being so micromanaging cuz like I'm such a control freak about everything. But anyway, well, not everybody does art and design together. Mm. And that's something you and I both do, but I understand. Yeah, and, and Corey too. Yeah, and then I do coding, and then I try to do music, but I suck at music enough to just let somebody else do it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, C sharp. I'm I'm not using Unity though. That's the catch. Is that I'm the only person left on in Phoenix or okay. possibly the Earth. It's <laughs> 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 not using Unity. Uh, I'm using SFML. Um, I think that Unity 2D is coming out pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have much faith in it, though. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I'll check it out, but I'm just not excited. Like, I, Unity just doesn't really, like, appeal to me. And I've never, like, looked at Unity and looked at somebody using it and being like, wow, I really want to, like, do that style of making stuff. And I, don't, I, don't really know, I don't even know why. Yeah, I mean, you're, like, a proper programmer. I hear, like, proper programmers hate it. Which is weird, because I don't think of myself like that. Mm. Yeah, like, I grew up in multimedia fusion. <laughs> like... That's not proper programming at all. Yeah, I think his head just doesn't think in components. Unity is an Indian but I, but, That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I do think in components, but not in the way that Unity presents them. I guess because like my current framework, I wrote like a compo- a component based like system, so I can like add components to different entities and stuff. And I don't know. Like it's like Unity. It, it's kind of it's it, it's scary to me to use Unity because. Uh, it's like the stuff that like Tim ran into towards the end of his game where it was like he he was about to finish Indiana Stone and then uh, all of a sudden he had like this weird like texture mesh loading issue that was actually on Unity's end. So then he just had to email Unity and be like, there's a bug in Unity. And then they're like, okay, it'll be fixed in like two versions. <laughs> so it's like, all right. So then he waited for like three months after this bug. And then he, he ended up just making a workaround around his bug because he couldn't wait anymore to release his game. And it just gives me a flashback of, like, using Multimedia Fusion and, like, <laughs> figuring out, like, getting to the end of Bonesaw of the game and, like, all of a sudden in the last level of the game, like, literally, like, the last level of the game, 
like all the graphics started being swapped around randomly <laughs> and i'm just like what the f and i was like in my i was just like oh it's happening it's finally happening like the entire game is becoming corrupt now that i'm getting close to the end and then uh it was like a weird bug in multimedia fusion that i just like i figured out some voodoo magic to work around it but it's like to not be in like total control of of that like it's like SFML is just like a little like like framework that renders like stuff to the screen. So there's not going to be any like super insane bugs in that. But like, I don't know. Unity and it's is open like source, right? Yeah, it's totally yeah, open it's source. Yeah, it's totally the worst case. That's. I feel like if Unity were to be more open about their like source and not have because like isn't it like you have to buy like a crazy expensive license to get the Unity to source. To even get the source. Yeah, it's like, like thirty grand. Yeah. I don't even know if they do that anymore. They probably don't. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like. You've run into some problems where you can't drill down into the physics enough to solve some of the bugs you're having with your nightmare <laughs> system. He's shaking his I'm head. I'm throwing up on the yeah. table. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to insert a sound effect of like, of like dropping, a, dropping a soup on the table. <laughs> <laughs> And didn't Eddie discover that there was just like unity values that were supposed to be like the service normal collision velocities, but weren't the right yep, numbers? Yep, the contact points hmm. on a collision. Some sometimes they return uh, inverted, the normals. Yeah. Really? Yep. Well, yeah. Man. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, so it's it's because. Um, Has anyone else like run into that? Yeah. Is it? Okay. Well, we weren't we didn't find anyone who had documented it, but I was talking to other people and they were like, oh yeah, I've seen that. I'm like, why didn't you fucking? <laughs> yeah, Somebody open a ticket. You used to it. Yeah, but I mean, it's like I mean, it's like yeah. So so when a when a collision happens, you get um, two returns, which is like contact point, and then like target point or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's like the it's like object points and target points, something like that. Those can be reversed, and they just are reversed randomly. Blah blah. Isn't it reversed depending on which one gets the collision event? No. Nope. It just. It's just random. Oh. So then, you, you, it, I mean, to work around it, you just like test whether or not target equals the game object the script is currently on, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, took, well, it, it took Eddie a long time to find that one, I felt really bad. I don't know why I felt bad, but I didn't make you need it. That's <laughs> 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 totally weird. Good talk about Australia. But, yeah, we don't really have much to talk about other than we're going to go there and keynote it. We're going to go there. We're going to keynote Free Play 2013. It's apparently about it's about independent games and alternative voices in, in gaming and game development. So they've asked Steve and I to go be keynotes, which is pretty rad. So that's a long flight. <laughs> Twenty hours, right? Yeah. Yeah. You bring everybody back some uh, spiders bigger than your fist. But I get to walk around on the bottom of the planet just like in my game. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> pointing the other way, guys. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Whatever. I'm excited. You drop a baseball and it goes up. Yeah. Pretty sure that's how it works. People wear hats and their feet and hamburgers eat people. <laughs> damn it. I love Australia. Meanwhile. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone drives Jeeps, carries shotguns, eats Has steak boomerangs. All the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except for Farbs, he's a weird Australian. Says Crakey or something. Yeah. And then we're going to Sweden again. Blue man. Like a month and a half later. Is so that on the calendar? No, not yet. They haven't given us the dates. All right. But I'll go. I don't know. If it was Man. like, yeah. This year has gone by fast. Sure has. I can't believe it's like, we've been talking about that already. Yeah. yeah. Remember Gundam style? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that relic? I mean, that was a year ago. Was it really? That long? Yeah. Jeez. Wow. Wow. Really? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I remember, uh, like, like I'm, I keep thinking about like what I was doing last year at this time, which like last summer was the summer of Snapshot, where I crunched for three months to finish that fucking game. <laughs> and you drop-kicked that shit out yeah. the door and humble-bumbled it. <laughs> yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> and walked away. Yeah. Walked away into the sunset with your new jacket and chopper. Yeah. Yeah, when you think about it that way, like, taking a break to play some Street Fighter is, like, kind of totally dipped. Yeah, I, I have been talking about a lot of people about, like, because my motivations has been in the toilet lately, and I'm just, like, I've been talking to different people about it, and a lot of people are just like, you should just take a break and not even think about like making games for a while but then like I, it's like so hard to actually do that like because most people are like oh man like I can't wait for the vacation from my job right but it's like when you're when your income is just totally dependent on how much effort you're putting in and not like it, it, it's like it's like when when you are responsible for everything in your in your business and not just like one employee 
So, like, a vacation is like, holy shit, like, things are not getting done. Yeah. I also feel like it's kind of hard as at, like, an emotional level. Like, when I'm at the bottom of a motivational slump, I'm just, like, watching people, like, post or tweet about, like, oh, hey, screenshot Saturday, look what I'm working on. I'm like, cool, I'm just going to sit here and watch TV <laughs> and drink vodka. Oh my god. <laughs> I, guess it, I guess it wasn't really Jesus. that bad. I got an email from somebody who was like uh, an acquaintance who was like, hey, we're making a map in our game, but it's a constellation map. It's just like yours. Is that okay? I'm like, oh, guys, <laughs> don't worry about this. Like, I know this is probably their first commercial game that they've made. Don't worry about that. Whatever you make, it's not going to be the same as mine. It's just like, you'll be hearing from my way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Galileo. Please, please, all future communications will be through facsimile. <laughs> <laughs> please forward this to. Facsimile. Lawyer at gravitygoes.com. Lawyer up at gravityghost.com. Yeah. Dot are you? Getting hardcore. Yeah. Russian lawyer. Brass knuckled Russian lawyer. <laughs> lawyer. <laughs> lawyer. That's the word. Yeah. Lawyer. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, so I know that like uh, uh, Ryan Clark, who's working on Crypto Necrodancer. Yeah. He said that he benefited a lot from just taking like an extended break from. From like making games, but well, like yeah. it's so hard to like rid myself of the guilt of like it's like it's, it's like it becomes a cycle of like, man, I'm not being productive, and then I feel bad about not being productive, and I feel bad, which makes me not be able to be productive, and then yeah, it just keeps repeating like that. Yeah. So it's like feedback loop. Yeah. I took a break after Puzzle Bots, and that was really hard to do, but it was still worth it because it like made me start to have game ideas again like that would have been completely drained out of me you yeah know, the enjoyment was gone pretty much you know yeah. i was our sole qa person so i was just like playing my own game like day in day out for months so I mean, maybe, maybe like a month before it released and i was just like killed any enjoyment i had i mean you know <laughs> yeah but like yeah it was really worth it and then like the ideas i came back with were very different and very new like i had to put that behind me by a little bit of time and some new ideas, which was cool. And I made something totally different from what I made before, which was neat. I didn't have that preconception anymore. Like, this Motivation is, is a fickle bitch and a motherfucker. Yeah. I remember, I remember like... See you swink. <laughs> I remember when I was in college, I was like having this discussion with my dad about this kind of stuff. And I don't think he really understood what I was talking about. Because <laughs> he's friendly, Dad. Because <laughs> I, I was like, man, I just wish... Because like, I was talking about like going to the game with him, and it was like, I wish I could feel like inspired and stuff all the time because like it would be like one of those days where you just like it's like those days where you wake up and you sit down on your computer and you do like you just somehow do like 12 hours of work and you don't even feel tired it's like you're just doing it because you're so in the zone yeah and so like, yeah. i wish i could feel that all the time and i was telling my dad this i was like I, at one point i was just like man if i could just like take a pill that would just give me that kind of motivation and inspiration all the time i would totally do it and my dad's just like Wow, you are doing drugs now about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor, yeah. It's, it's a medical form. It's a medical form. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a metaphor. <laughs> what about Thor? Well, I mean, yeah, and, that, and that it, afterwards, like a few years later, I did meet a couple of creative people that take uh, like Adderall and stuff. And wow. not from a prescription. <laughs> oh, from the internet. That's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know a couple of people who are like, I was like, how are you so productive? And they're just like, well, I'll give you my secret. Your secret. <laughs> they open their trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> mother's little helper. Why are we? I had my brother do that for finals, and it worked. Open his trench coat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, motivation is not available in pill form, despite what we're selling, telling you. Yeah, it's, it's... We're not suggesting that as a solution. Yeah, it's like, I've been trying to, like... Don't I, do drugs, kids. Yeah. So, okay. So, I had, I, I mean, I've been struggling a lot with motivation lately, um, mostly because of the sheer terror of yeah. my game encountering the public. Yeah. I, and, like, it almost feels like the previous showing of the game that went really well is, like, a curse now. Oh, I mean, because I've changed it. I've lot changed lot of, it so much. At last year's E3. At last year's E3, it showed really well, right? And lots yeah. of people were really excited about it. And so yeah. now it showed really well at this year's E3 too, right? Didn't not it? really. I mean, because I haven't had like a fixed build for a long time. Because I'm, I'm way, way out of my comfort zone as far as coding. So I'm like yeah. learning so much new stuff about coding and then applying it and then applying it poorly and learning and then recoding. Yeah, but you can't really get into that zone if it's just a little bit too hard. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, like, it's really hard to get into, like, the, the fatty boom daddy zone. So, I mean, I think that 
Okay, so for me, the, the biggest motivation killer is uncertainty. Yeah. And as I'm getting better and training myself to, to work regardless motivation, which I think is actually the magical key, which is just like rev up the engine yeah. and just assume that once you get up to cruising speed, it'll, it's like a ramjet, yeah, you know, you just gotta, you gotta, yeah, you just gotta fire the retros yeah. once you, the ramjet takes over. But yeah, so it's, so, uh, being really tolerant of uncertainty seems to me to be the thing that I'm working on right now as far as motivation. Because like, the, when I get demotivated is when like I'm working on a problem and it's either a design problem or a code problem and I'm like, I'm like typing away at my code or I'm like sketching the design or I'm like thinking about it and I'm like, fuck, I have no idea what to do. Like I don't yeah. know what the solution is. To just like relax and be patient, like play Splunk you <laughs> and just wait for like the solution to occur because it always occurs and it's just like stop kicking yourself in the dick about it not immediately occurring to you all the yeah. time every had, single time you had a really good piece of advice for me when i was trying to figure out how to redesign something that wasn't working and you're just like look for a solution that affects every system in the game not just the one you're working on you know something that brings everything together rather than like tax on the system and everything else like in gravity ghost we had the system where you were planting seeds on these planets and you'd do that by picking up a water trail and then running in a circle all the way around this planet and that would be like a water planet now and then you get dirt and then you add seeds and then little plants would grow procedurally and they're really pretty and stuff and I really liked that but it wasn't really doing much like it wasn't as interesting as I had hoped and so I was like well what do I do with this because I still really like this mechanic and then Steve gave me that advice and we thought about it and I was actually hanging out with the Gravity Ghost team at the time uh, we were all over at Ben Prunty's place eating fondue as it turned out uh, <laughs> And, no, I'd like to say. and Steve was just like, what if the the terraforming tied into like the planet types? And I hadn't actually considered that, even though it seems super obvious now. So like the way it works now is that you can get like a fire trail, and then you run in a circle and you change the planet you're standing on into the fire planet, which pushes you away. And all of a sudden you have this like control over what happens in the game in a way you didn't before. And those different trails are like different power-ups, but like it just like clinched and everything just slotted into place and it works really nicely. I've been playing with it now. It's like pretty new in the game, but I, I like it a lot. It's just like, I think it's just the right thing to happen. Like once you've mastered the basics of the game, like here's another tool you have to kind of conquer your environment. I think it would be pretty cool. I know, um, so our friend Tim Winsky, another local developer, went full-time indie not too long ago. And uh, he gave a post-mortem of the game he made. And uh, he was talking about how he like, you know, he quit and he was like, oh man, I'm going to have so much more time to work on the game now. And uh, it turned out that, no, he just needed, like, he still needed as much time to, like, come up with the solutions to his problems. So it didn't really speed up development by that yeah. much. Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's like, you gotta, you have to struggle. And, like, I always fall into this trap of, like, I've been doing this for so long. Like, surely... <laughs> When I when I sit down to like build this this uh, like unlock star system, like it'll all just fall into place because I know I have it in really clear in my mind. And then I sit down to actually build it, and I'm like, wait, fuck! I totally didn't think this through at all. All right. Yeah. And then I have to sit there and dick around for like five hours before I actually like get the solution and then put it in. Yeah, I feel like like because I've been making games for like so long now that I get more frustrated at myself. Right, totally. It's like, because it used to be like, oh, I'm, I'm a kid, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, I'm just trying to make this game. But now it's like, oh, come on, I'm you can do this. 27 years old, I released like a bunch of games, I have games on Steam, why can't I fucking do this like <laughs> consistently? Like, why can't I find that consistency of like always being like on top of shit and like and, and then plus, like, whenever I go to a game jam, my output is somehow, like, magnified by 10,000%. And then as soon as the game jam's over, it's like my brain is just like, fuck you, we're not doing anything right now. <laughs> and I'm just like, great. So it's like, it's like the contrast between my game jam pace and my non-game jam pace is like, it, it sometimes it just, it just frustrate, frustrates me to the point where it's just like, I just don't want to work on stuff. And you become, like, oh. like, superhuman in game jams. I'm convinced. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised to hear you say you have motivation problems because I always assume you just in your room working as a like machine. Uh, sometimes I mean like, at least at least on something it's just like, I don't know. Like I, I know that like I always get thrown off by travel, so it's like whenever there's like a, a like a burst of like, going to different like it's like oh we're going to we have to take jam and went to Evo, and then and now there's like a four week break until PAX at least, but. Like, after GEC, it was like, I was doing really well until GEC, and then I think, because that was when I decided to just drop Flash, 
So I totally scrapped this thing I was working on for like three months. And it's not really too big of a deal, because I, I still like learned a lot of stuff while making that thing that I scrapped. But like at the same time, that does hurt motivation, because it's just like, oh man, I just like, like threw it to the side. And now I have to like learn a new language and do all this stuff, so it's like I, I am starting over from like a... And that's all the time we have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dishwasher. I, <laughs> dishwasher's done. Um, yeah, it does affect motivation just to, to have to toss out stuff. Um, but, and let's see, what I was talking about. Oh, yeah, so I'm back at like a, a point. I'm, I'm further back at a point where I haven't been in a long time. Because, like, I, I learned Flash and I used Flash like three years. Right. So I never was at the point where I was like, like shit, how do I do this? Like, what, what is the syntax for this? And now in C Sharp, I'm constantly like, like, C Sharp is awesome, but it's like, I'm constantly like, you know, like, shit, like, what is, like, what am I looking at right now? I'm, I'm looking at, like, source code for some, like, tweeting library, and there's, like, fucking, like, weird characters and stuff, stuff I've never seen before. And, yeah. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> so it takes me a while to figure that stuff out. So, yeah, my pace is not as fast as I want it to be. I feel you, bro. <laughs> yep. I feel like for, like, almost all of growing, I was never able to, like, sustain a steady motivation like it would it would come in and out and i would just have to ride it every time yeah yeah sometimes i get into the zone at like 11 p.m and just like go until seven in the morning <laughs> that's like yeah. okay that's when my brain wants to work i'll just do it you know yeah it's the nice freedom of being indie it's like well i can <laughs> but, do this but seriously it's there like fuck you brain yeah there fuck were definitely times where yeah. i forced myself to sleep because hey i can't stay up i work in the morning yeah it was like, come on. well i actually remember i remember this advice that i got from somewhere where it was like it was like you should stop working for the day or night when you know exactly what you want to do, because then when you wake up the next morning, you're you gonna get so... right into it. Yeah. You know, oh, that's like, a good you idea. should never stop when you have like if you can help it. Never stop when you have like a like a huge wall in yeah. front like a bug oh, or yeah, something like that. Sense. And it's like and it's like that can work sometimes because like sometimes it's like oh I'm uh, you run into this problem and you're like I don't know how to fix this and then like you go to sleep and I wake, wake up and you're like shit like, have it. yeah like and, but and that happens sometimes but like. If I'm working on something and I know exactly where I want to take something, it's like, it's like, um, maybe like an offspring fling on making levels and I have like ideas for these levels. It's just like, I could stay up for like six hours and make all these levels, or I could go to sleep knowing that when I wake up, I'm just going to start making levels as soon as I wake up. And then I'm in the zone immediately instead of having to be like, sitting down on my computer and being like, fuck, what was I doing? Oh God! Yeah, I was trying to fix this stupid text bug that I have no idea what's going on, and I'm just like, all of a sudden, I'm watching YouTube videos, because like I'm so frustrated. We watching otter videos. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on the dailyotter.org. Uh, speaking of sleep deprivation, we had a really interesting thing happen last week where there were these two really pernicious bugs in Gravity Ghost. One of them was that the doors would sometimes fail randomly, which was kind of a problem. We were like demoing it. Uh, people were always really understanding, but I always felt kind of bad about it. And the other one was that our bouncy planet stopped working properly, so they'd only, like, bounce you half the time, which makes them really not fun. <laughs> uh, and then, like, our programmer, Mike Stevenson, just, like, got an hour and a half of sleep one night, and then decided to look at these problems again and solve them both immediately. Yeah. Wow. And just, like... like completely sleep deprived. He said okay, curiosity, what was the bouncy planet problem? I'll explain the door one first, because I understand that one better, but basically, he... He went immediately to the door, and, and usually the way you play the game is you get the star, which opens the door. But he had never tried to walk through the door when it was already closed, and he realized, oh, that's probably the state's not getting set properly, right? So that's turned out that's what the problem was. And the bouncy planets thing was like a, just an order of operations unity problem. It just like had been working before, and then uh, he might have to explain it to you. I didn't... So like one script's update loop was getting called earlier than he expected or something Yeah, like that. I think that's what it was. Yeah, some sort of race condition. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. That's why, that's actually one of the reasons I don't use it anymore. It's like Because not of... knowing when the update loops are going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. That scares the shit out of me. And it was just like a one frame difference or something, and all of a sudden yep. it was working again. You can set the order of execution on scripts, but... You can. Yeah, that's kind of dangerous. Yeah. And, yeah, it always feels really... So I'm, like, I'm actually dealing with that kind of thing right now. It's so, an alchemy. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'd be scared of it with, like, physics games, actually. Yeah. So. yeah, we're doing a lot of crazy shit in scale. We have the we have the update loops on fucking lockdown. <laughs> like, we know yeah. exactly what order everything's happening in because we're manually setting everything. Yeah, like, that makes sense to me. Like, it was the only way we could get it to work. Yeah. Yeah, but so I'm, I'm doing this thing right now where I just, like, have you know, like a level manager script that's like starting up all these different crazy scripts. Mm -hmm. And you can't just like call the start of all those scripts. Like you have to 
call the one script and the other script and the other script and like chain them together. It feels super rickety. Wow. <laughs> like one script calls the init of the other script that just then like returns a callback that lets it know that it's done so it can proceed. My god. <laughs> the double handshake method of the sound rickety. Rickety. Yeah. Objects. Yep. The huddle. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even the cuddle. That sounds nice. Sure. <laughs> I saw the Matrix too. Got filthy cuddle. <laughs> it's a it's nice cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, where programs can love each other, or whatever the fuck that movie was about. <laughs> yeah. That movie was about kung fu and graphics and, <laughs> and a lack of imagination and robots and so many guns. Yeah, we watched it on at Steve's dad's house, and they had the high frame rate turned on the TV, and it was just excruciating. It was like the worst movie experience. That's, that, yeah, that's not freaky. And like, it just made the layer between the CG and the humans, like, just like there's like chaos in the background, robots happening, and there's a dude running with like a wheelbarrow, and I just can, I can almost see the green screen behind him, like, yeah. I'm scared right now with a wheelbarrow. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And, ah, uh, even the actors... Except when adulthood starts untangling the illusions. Yeah. Even the actors seem kind of embarrassed by some of the stuff they had to say. Like, there's, there's awkward pauses where they're just like, not sure how that line is supposed to land because they don't understand. You're like, really? That's the best take you got? Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> oh man, why is uh, Red Letter Media not reviewed all the Matrix movies? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they have like a list of people wanting to review everything. Because we all just want to forget the last two. <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah, maybe true. <laughs> Alright, well, we're at about an hour, so I think we can wrap that shit up and put a bow on it. You wanna end okay. on Towerfall? Speaking of bows? Oh, fuck yeah, dude, Towerfall. Oh, yeah, we never talked about that. So, what's great about Towerfall? Everything. Uh, Towerfall, to me, presents a, like, a game where you can experience like high level Yomi stuff that's very similar feeling to Street Fighter and StarCraft, but it's way more accessible than both of those. Like. You know, it's like, it's like... You don't have to know how to pull up 50 hit combos just to get to right. the level. Well, just to get, like, yeah. Like, people reach a level of play in Towerfall very quickly that introduces, like, like a like a metagame amongst, like, the four people playing. Where it's like... It's, it starts off by people just being like, okay, I can run around, I can jump, I can shoot arrows. So most people are just, like, shooting arrows. And then somebody will figure out, oh, I can stomp people. And then they might figure out, I can try to stomp people on purpose. So then that changes, like, how they engage, like, in battle. And then and then they figure out, oh, I, there's this dodge button where I dodge and I can grab arrows. So now... So now like, they start dodging too much. Well, so now shooting is not a sure bet, whereas before it was. So now people... It's like my favorite moment is when fights get... It is when uh, two players are in, are in an engagement and they, like... Don't fire. They don't fire right yeah. away. Because, like, a, a new They're player... They're waiting for the other player yeah, to fire, yeah. A new player will just unload their, their payload as, 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 as fast as possible. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> Shoot their arrow one. And that can be punished by a dodge. So it's like once, you're just, like, once you get to this point where it's like certain strategies can be punished by other strategies and it kind of goes in the loop like that then that's like really awesome to experience. And I usually only experience that in Street Fighter with people who can play Street Fighter competently on a giant joystick and execute like, you know, like, you know, 10, 12, 15 hit combos or whatever, right? Like, it's like when I play, when I play Street Fighter like against like, against like uh, Adam Saltzman, who says he can't hit any combos, but that's bullshit, I've seen him do it. <laughs> <laughs> when I play against him, it's like, we're on the, like, we're very evenly matched. And so it's like, I feel like I, I make so much progress in like my Street Fighter skill just by playing like game after game with him. Which is why I was sad he didn't go, he didn't go to EVO this year. Because it's like, last year my favorite thing was just like playing against Adam for like hours on end. Um, but like Towerfall has that same experience, but like dodging is just like pushing a button. And like shooting an arrow is just pushing X and aiming. It's not like you have to, like in Street Fighter it's like, you learn how to FADC. But that requires you to push medium kick, medium punch at the same time, and then double tap a direction, right. and release the buttons in a, in a very specific way, so With that you don't... timing. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. So yeah, a Towerfall is like, is it kind of reminds me of like playing like a very fast-paced, like, high-level competitive game, but it's very accessible, uh, like, controls. I'm really impressed that there's no randomness in it. 
like for the longest time I thought the arrow seeking was a random thing and then it turns out that no there's <clears throat> an actual like method that determines it and you can bend the arrows yeah no yeah. way Mathorson is not allowing any sort of random bullshit I <laughs> <laughs> have the items though well, that's it's like you can turn on at least. Uh, I mean, Towerfall begins as like a party mode game, right? It's like mm-hmm. there's auto, like the auto balance is handled really well. That's another key feature is that there's auto balance, but it's there's no like like it, it works out really well for all people because a new player can jump in with more experienced players, and the auto balance will keep them in the game um, most of the time. But. Uh, yeah, the, the treasure spawns are random, but eventually you can turn on, like, symmetrical treasure spawns, or you can turn on the uh, the ability to see treasure before way before it spawns. Oh, I see. So, like, <clears throat> and then uh, you can also turn off auto-balance. So, I, when we did the tournament at Tick Jam, it was, like, no auto-balance and symmetrical treasure, I think, were the only, only, only two options. But that makes it pretty fair, like, if there's symmetrical treasure, at least. It's interesting, it's another one of those examples of games kind of like FTL where there have been so many games made that are just like that. Like, if you describe what the game is, sure. you just say you're just describing the same thing, but it's all in the, the details that makes it really good. Yeah, so I, I actually think... No, I, I wish the Spelunky multiplayer would add a scoring mode that has the same auto-balance mechanic as Powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it incentivizes you to kill multiple people as opposed to cowering surviving. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I always cower. Yeah, it doesn't work in Towerfall. We actually almost never play Last Man Standing mode in Towerfall. <laughs> well, I think it's because we just haven't exhausted uh, Deathmatch yet. It's like it's like vanilla vanilla Headhunters is just still really fun for us. Yep. I just think Headhunters is more fun than Last Man Standing. Sure is. Well, yeah, because it encourages you to go out and hunt. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also interesting because, or actually. We're, like, when you were saying it's, it's similar to other games, like, a lot of people are like, oh, this is like Smash Brothers. Exactly, And yeah. the thing is, is that it's most so people, much most Brothers. people that say that have never experienced... Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, but I think Smash Brothers They they Most people that say that, and from just my experience of, like, being around Towerfall, and so, like, have you, like, why people play it and say that, it's like, most of these people have never, have probably never experienced Smash Brothers on a high level of play. I'm like a crazy like you're wave dashing and like and like you know freaking doing all these crazy moves and grabs and combos and like knocking people off the stage with like fifty percent health and like doing like meteor attacks and stuff. Speaking it's of like seeing that at Evo was <clears throat> fucking awesome. Yeah, so like people people say it's like Smash Brothers. It's like oh, it's like four people are just like you know going crazy at each other. But it's like it's actually a lot like super high level Smash Brothers play where but except it, instead of having to wave dash and like dodge cancel shit and like fucking go crazy, it's like you just push right trigger and, and that's dodge. it. Yeah. <laughs> Although the the four player and even the one on ones feel very much like Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, and every character is the same. A lot of people ask like, "Oh, are the characters have differences." I, I want Matt to add a variant where where the characters do have differences, just to see how it would play out. Like if the one character was a little faster but it had one fewer arrow always or something. Yeah, so, stuff like that, or just even if it just had different specials, like mm. if like instead of items, the characters had specials. And like mm. oh, and like getting it unlock your special. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's fine wine. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'd I'd like to see a variant where the longer you hold down before you release the arrow, the more like Power. powerful it becomes. Like yeah. you can fire three arrows at once or something like that. <laughs> like a, a lot less, of people just, ask that. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of people ask if there's any difference between like holding down the button and just like tapping it. Well, there isn't, but you know. I think I think that yeah I think by default it's a good choice so just to make it so that it makes it's a lot not more yet, fair yeah it's not yet another thing to be like that's like that's like, there's not too much to, to digest before you're playing at like a at like a mid to high level yeah. Well, we've yeah. pro- we've proven that that even people who like don't really play games we can hook them into Towerfall really easily yeah yeah they come in and love it that's awesome which is not all the case even if like Splunky doesn't match yeah yeah, yeah. now these folks are from our gym you know they don't really play video games at all. Just like putting them in. Well, they play Cart. <laughs> but those guys, those guys play Towerfall at a high level. Like yeah. Yeah. Kevin and Gavin and, those, and Cobb, like they're really good. Yeah. But I mean, like we had you know Matt Lucas and Aubrey and all those folks who don't usually play games playing. Yeah, yeah. Like Corey's party. Yeah. Like like Tess was playing a lot of Towerfall. I was yeah. like, wow, damn. It's a good game. That's game. She's gotten good at it too. She's got dodging down. Me and Gavin were talking about scheduling, uh, you know, a couple hours a week to play one on one, so we could <laughs> start getting better, improve your skills, yeah. just so we could get better. It, it's also interesting because, like, it, it also allows for different play styles. So, like, Matthew's very aggressive, and you're very like hang back and snake. I, I, yeah, I try to zone people as much as I can. Like, it's like 
And I also got really good at spawn kills. Like, at least the last time we played it at Matthew's, I yeah. had, like, so many pixel-perfect kills. Where, like, I would shoot an arrow, and, like, I shot an arrow at Matthew, and he didn't even move, because he thought there was no way the arrow was going to reach him. And then, like, it was just, like, a pixel over the ledge and got yeah. it. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, Matthew, Matthew's signature is, like... Bone like, Russian spam arrows. Yep. Yeah, and you'll just yep. hear the noise of no arrows. Like, it's, like, it's like a horror movie where you're <laughs> like, walking in a hallway and you just hear the noise. Oh god, he's here. He's somewhere. It's coming from inside the building. He'll steal your arrow and shoot you with it. Yeah, I think the fact that you have play styles that can express themselves is like a pretty high testament for such a... I mean, it's still a one-shot kill game. Alright guys, let's go play fucking Towerfall. Yeah, let's wrap up this podcast, play some Towerfall. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Alright. Get new ya. In the game house. Signing off. Yeah. <laughs>